What's going on, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome to another episode here of Tuffy Talk here. We are so excited here to get rolling here. And, you know, obviously, you know, we'd love to be having this episode here on a more positive notes for sure after a huge state win but unfortunately that was not the case after a 30 20 loss uh, to clemson uh we are recording this on october 2nd sunday so the day after the game uh, i actually just got home uh today from clemson uh you know it was uh it was a great experience obviously you know one of the highlights i do want to give a shout out even on the episodes too is to wolfpack nation because i cannot sp- say enough how amazing it was seeing as many state fans as we saw there. Uh, there was a ton of NC State representation there. Uh, you know, people who stayed the night, spent money, you know, stay in hotels, spend the night, uh, you know, dealing with Clemson parking, which we all know is is some of the toughest parking situations in the country, no doubt about it. So uh, bravo to all NC State fans, first of all, that that made the trip and, uh, and you know, and stuck it out with us. Uh, there, but uh, obviously we have two faces that I think if you're a follower of Tuffy Talk, you know all too well by now. First of all, obviously Ryan Williams here with Inside Pack Sports, and then Kenton Gibbs, a former in-state defensive tackle, but also the host of Lockdown Wolfpack. So again, obviously you know got to give a huge shout out to both of these guys. Wanted to kind of basically set up a round table of a sort. So talking a lot about um, you know kind of touching a little bit about the Clemson game in general, but more kind of really wanted to kind of talk about here. What does NC State need to do to basically help be more successful, um, you know, for the rest of the season? Because I think we all can agree that there's a lot to be learned. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be, you know, maybe leveraged from yesterday's game, you know, because, you know, there's still a lot to play for here. That's, that's the thing. I really want to go ahead and just mention that, that just because we lost to Clemson does not necessarily mean that, you know, okay, you know, pack it up, season's over, you know, you know, there's still a lot to play for here. So, um, so Ken, I, I want to kind of ask you first, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that this is not a bad loss. It was a tough loss. Like it's a me, you know, because again, obviously Clemson, it was college game day, prime time sold out. There was not a single seat available in death Valley last night. Uh, you know, it was as rally of a crowd as there ever is. And it's probably one of the toughest environments that college football has to offer. Uh, against a team that was looking to prove itself uh, that, you know, and obviously DJ, you know, stepped up in ways. So what were your kind of thoughts, general first thoughts about uh, about the loss yesterday to Clemson? I'm going to have to disagree with something you said there. I think this is a bad really? loss. Really? I think this is a, you think so? a bad loss. Not, not because of the loss in and of itself. Not the loss in and of itself out of context okay. of how the loss actually happened. If you're looking at just the fact that you lost to a top five team in the nation – on the road, one of the toughest environments in, in college football history, which has one of the longest winning streaks in college football history. No, it's not a bad loss. But if you listen to Locked On Wolfpack, or if you heard me talk about this on any other show, I particularly said the key to winning this game is do not allow DJ to get confidence. Not only did we allow DJ to give confidence, we gave it to him with a face mask, with a running into the kicker, with I, I, the DPI was a little bit of a phantom call. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll give pissed that one. But <laughs> you cannot, you cannot expect to beat this team. The To me, the key to winning this game was to come out. Oh, and the busted coverage as well in the early in the game that, you made a, a, a dump off in the flats, a 10, 15-yard game. You cannot 
give him confidence. That's what made it a bad loss to me. You gave them confidence and you tucked your tail going into halftime. Which one is more demoralizing? And I'll, I'll ask you guys. I'm going to ask you the question because normally I don't ask the question when I'm the guest, but I got to ask this question today. If you were a player, which one is more demoralizing to you? You're going into halftime. You try something. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It, you, you, Larry drops back. He gets hit. He gets sacked. Whatever the case may be. Worst case scenario, he holds on to the ball, but he gets sacked. You then take a knee, go into halftime. Or you say from jump, eh, we're good. We're good down three. We're all right here. We'll take a knee. To me, the, the problem, the biggest problem I have in saying that this game was given away, Wake Forest gave us the recipe. Keep more people in to block. You only need two to three men running routes against this Clemson secondary. I promise you they'll get open, which we saw. We When we did call up the deep shots and ran max protection, it worked out, a la Devin Carter down the sideline. But, you know, we, we saw the recipe that worked and said, ah, let's scrap that. More screens, please. We need them. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think what bothered me with the defense was sitting in this this eight-man zone, basically, the whole first half, where you had three rushers um, just allowed DJ to just sit back there. Uh, so basically, you know, our 3D linemen were just getting double-teamed right off the snap. You weren't showing any blitz to have, you know, the, the offensive line mixed up. So DJ was just sitting back there, and he was able to progress through his reads. You know, I'm not sold on him being a passer, but we allowed him to be a passer. I mean, even if he was getting five, six, seven yards, he's still building that confidence and rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that really bothered me. And, and you know, I think we we saw where we missed Tyler Baker Williams because we had two busted coverages, um, you know, where he would be covering it. And, you know, it just – I don't know. It, 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 it was tough. Um, yeah. Just defense – I think, you know, there's a lot of fingers being pointed to the offense. I think the defense still had some plays there that were very, you know, not like them. Um, I didn't agree with a lot of the schemes we were doing. I thought we were going to bring pressure and force DJ into mistakes, but that didn't really happen much. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of offense at the end of the first half, I kind of felt the same way where it's like, I see where they want to be passive and they just wanted to do damage control because that was a tough play with Shipley. But at the same time, I mean, you start this campaign with Leary, you know, Devin delivering. You have 30 seconds, you have two timeouts. We were on like the 30 yard line somewhere in there. And it's just like, take a shot here and there. And then if nothing comes of it, you go in the halftime and you're like, and then you don't have any regrets going into halftime saying we didn't try. Uh, Because I'm I'm not a believer of leaving timeouts on the board. It's, it's just like, what's the point? You have them there for a reason. Um, I think it was just a game of a lot of missed opportunities, and it led to a loss. And the same thing happened in the ECU game, a lot of missed opportunities, and it should have been a loss. Um, but unfortunately, we still haven't fixed that you know, part of our offense. I agree. Michael, anything to add to that? Um, I mean, a lot of what these guys said, it was a tough loss. I, we were I, in it. I, I think we did give it to him at some points. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking specifically about the kind of the end of half sequence, I yeah, I was more, I was more upset with the the way the defense defended that last drive by Clemson, really, than not not going for it um, with mm-hmm. the thirty seconds left. I mean, that would be nice too, but at the same time, they had just scored. We get the ball to start the second half. 
Um, mm-hmm. But in these big games, sometimes you got to take those risks. Um, I didn't hate the call to just kneel it, but I, you know, I was more upset with the way the defense was called to kind of just sit back um, and let Clemson kind of go down the field pretty easily there at the end of the half. Well, and, and again, I mean, I, I tweet out, you know, right, you know, saying I did not like the knee down just because yeah. of the fact that, you know, it just goes back to that. Unfortunately, Dorn has a uh, has a reputation of being passive, of being conservative. And so in a game of that magnitude, especially with a quarterback who I mean, all, like, again, that first half, Leary was solid. That first drive was like that, 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 that pass to Carter was just. Like he, he, so he was there. He was feeling it. So it's not like Leary was necessarily struggling either. So, so I, that's why that, that was kind of my biggest addition to it. Go ahead, Kate. And and let me add this in to why that that sequence was so troubling. And and touching off what Ryan said as far as the end of half defense, we all know the saying. We're all football guys here. Prevent defense does what, my friends? That's it all underneath. Prevent defense prevents you from winning. That is what the old saying is about prevent defense. You don't run prevent defense unless you're in an absolute Hail Mary situation. To run an entire drive, an entire drive, when your defense is the 3-3-5, which is predicated upon creating chaos, which is predicated upon the multiple looks that you can present, the multiple fronts, the I've got everybody up at the line. I've got nobody at the line, but everybody's coming. What's going on? You don't know. (laughs) Yeah. To to reduce that defense to saying, um, hey, Durden, uh, Harris, uh, Jackson, go get the quarterback. Everybody else drop back in coverage. We're not disguising anything. It's it is that that was tough for me. But again, it's it to me, this all comes back to when you did that knee going into halftime dollars to donuts. If they were to ask Dabo Sweeney tomorrow in, in the uh, in his media availability. Hey, what well, what did you say to your guys coming out there at halftime? Because your defensive line seemed to flip a switch at half. I'm betting you any amount of money. Somebody who talked to that defensive line said they don't believe they belong on this field with you. That need that kneeling right there tells me that they're just happy to be in the ball game. They're not on your level. They're not you. Because wow. trust me, I've been on a team that was much better than somebody else, and we had a slight lead, and they did the exact same thing going into halftime. They took some knees, and our coach told us, do you see the team that you're tied with? A team that had plenty of time, great field position, that just wanted to run out the clock mm-hmm. instead of risking running into y'all again. And what happened the yeah. first two plays out of halftime? The defensive line had their best two plays of the game so yeah. far. Not, yep. that, yeah, I've never thought about it like that, but yeah, that is, that's, yeah. If you're the number 10 team in the nation and you're going and having the biggest game in your program's history, you can't play like it's the biggest game in the, of, of your program's history. You got to go out there and act like it's just another Saturday. If you would press that ball against Charleston Southern, if you would press that ball against ECU, against Texas Tech, you got to press it there. Yep. yep. Wow. Amen. I love it, Ken. Yeah. No, and again, and and, and I, one of the biggest things which I said of actually, I, I really said that Wake Forest lost Clemson for two reasons. First of all, they stopped throwing the ball uh, late in the game, and and it made no sense why they were. Sam Harmon was killing it. Why would they stop throwing it? Second of all, they at, they ran they they rushed three way too much, and by way too much, I mean they should never run rush three ever. And for us, I literally said. 
You cannot rush three against DJ. Why? Because we have a lot of really good offensive linemen, but we don't have a, an elite defensive line that can beat double cut, that can beat you know double teams handily like like Clemson did. So at the end of the day, if you're giving DJ Uyungle, who at the end of the day was a five star quarterback, who is a guy that is successful, he can throw the ball. He has issues in terms of uh, you know confidence. But at the end of the day, he can throw the ball, ladies and gentlemen. At the end of the day, if you give him time and he's sitting there cool, calm, and collected, he will make you pay. And every single time we rush three, every single time he made us pay. Every single time. So that 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 was honestly what was the most frustrating thing to me. And I completely agree with you there, Ken, as well. Especially with guys like Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore, and Drake Thomas, who are guys that they can they can they can blitz like like just as good, if not better, than almost any linebacker in the country. Yeah. Why why were they not getting getting an opportunity to get to DJ? You know, especially yeah. since we had zero sacks. And again, this because this isn't an elite offensive line either. You know, I mean, but I think that that was one of the biggest you know stories right there that we had zero sacks and zero turnovers. Uh, yeah. uh, so which means we we weren't rattling them enough. And I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I I, I just, go for it. I haven't seen anything out of the Clemson wide receivers that puts fear in my heart to say. I don't want any one-on-one matchups. I don't want any one-on-one matchups. I think Bo Collins is the best of the group. I think that he's the the best player out of that group. And he's the one that maybe gives me a little concern. But even with him, Aiden White was on him like white on rice all night. So what are we – why are we not going to say, hey, you know what? Corners, safeties, y'all have have played great ball all year. I need you to continue it right here. We're going – dogs, go hunt. Go hunt. You know, but – at the end of the day, we can look back at this and, and say all the shoulda, woulda, couldas in the world. But here's here's my deal. Going forward, in terms of what NC State needs to do, it's it's very clear to me, you're still a top 15 team in terms of the rankings. You're still the second best team in the ACC, according to rankings and according to the eye test. Let's be honest, right? Who who else have we seen that's, that is that good? At this point in time, it becomes clear to me that you need a little bit of that, you know what? We're we're one of the big dogs on the block. Let's play like it. Let's go be the big dogs. Let's not say, oh, well, we're happy to be here. We're happy to have this nice ranking. And it's, it's really good to – people feel good about it still. Great. It's not enough. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. Yeah, you, you got you to show you belong at some point. You know, I, I think Beck wants to be like a game manager kind of deal on offense. And I, I think you've seen that with the offense. but. At some point, you have to be like, look, we're, we're the better team. We're supposed to be here. And that's what they did against UConn first play, took a shot. Um, but you have to have that same confidence against Clemson if you want to be on Clemson's level. you got to play like that. And I think they wanted to sit back and just play the control game. But against a team like that, Clemson, it doesn't work. you got to take your shots. you got to take your chances when you get them. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and a couple of things, you know, and because you, you bring up Tim Beck there, Ryan, and I definitely want to kind of talk about that a little bit because two things. First of all, it was very interesting to me with the fact that that Leary from the first drive again was able to throw such a gorgeous ball to Devin Carter, which tells me that, again, it's there. It, it, it worked. So why not go back to it again? And they never did. They never went back to it again. Um, before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has your whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need, offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. 
They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Go ahead, Ryan. I think, I think an issue they had was they wanted, and I think it was also on Leary too, they would do like empty sets. Um, where it would just be five offensive linemen, and, and, and you're going up against three of Clemson's D-line, but, I mean, they're good. You wouldn't have any blockers back there. So, I mean, they were getting to Leary with a three-man front. You had no running back back there to block. So you saw Leary getting sacked a lot because he wasn't getting the ball out. Mm-hmm. Um, when we didn't have that extra pass cover or pass protection, um, Leary was getting pressured a lot. But as Kenton mentioned, when we had Max Protect, had a running back back there, had a tight end to block, and even if you got Leary out on on the on the side, away from the pressure, we were able to pass the ball. And it seemed like in the second half, and even after that first drive, we went away from that. Yep. Um, it may have been on that Carter pass. You had Houston pick up a, a, a blitz mm-hmm. up the middle. He hit mm-hmm. the linebacker, and it gave Leary just enough time to sit in there and make that throw. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but it seemed after that we just wanted to go empty set um, and have a running back dump out the backfield, run a screen, something like that. So, yeah, but so, so, but let me ask this, cause this is really, and again, I'll let, you know, whoever wants to jump in, jump in on this question, but you know, obviously the biggest, one of the biggest things that, that from social media that you've seen is, is people calling for Tim Beck's job, <laughs> you know, which, which to me, I, and again, I know, you know, with you can be a former, you know, player yourself, you know, that to me, coordinators are the easiest scapegoat, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's like, Oh, the office isn't doing well. It's the coordinator's fault or the defense is doing well. It's the coordinator's fault. But, you know, to me, it, it, it's, you know, like I, I'm kind of torn, really, you know, I, but to me, I, I'm still not sitting here saying that that Tim Beck isn't doing a good job. Uh, but, you know, it just it just really depends. So, so I, I mean, Ken, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, actually, if you don't mind. Yes, the the coordinators are always the first ones that the heads are going to roll for. But it's sure. it's normally in a situation like this where you can talk about the the coordinator being the first head to roll because Dorn has objectively speaking elevated this program over what it was with Tob. I think we can all agree with that, right? We can all agree that. So with that being said, you don't call for his head first. So when you look at the play calling, all the screens, all the the things and all that, right? That was bad enough. But I want to I want to go back to what Ryan talked about with the max protecting for a minute, okay? Well, normally, if you're not max protecting, it's because you need your receiver, you need your tight ends and running backs out in routes. You have tight ends and running backs that are matchup nightmares for whatever they got going on defensively, right? Well, let's look at the, I got the stats pulled up in front of me here. Let's look at what our matchup nightmares did, shall we? We have uh, five, six, seven receptions for 39 yards. Seven receptions for 39 yards. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it is clear what the game plan was. Do you know why they have copyrights in terms of like restaurants and recipes and all that? Because the restaurants don't want people copying what they do. McDonald's doesn't want people copying the Mac sauce. Chick-fil-A doesn't want people copying how they put their, how they make their chicken. They don't want that. Unfortunately, with football, there's no such thing. Wake Forest cannot copyright Max Protect and RPOs. They can't do it. Everybody can do it after they see you do it and have success. We did it and had success. And we said, this chicken sandwich is selling out. 
Great. Now let's go with Popeye's recipe. What? Why? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You had success with the exact same recipe that had success the week before. Keep going. Keep sticking with that. If our tight ends were just absolutely crushing it, and I said this on Locked on Wolfpack, with Trent Penix missing, I was expecting more tight ends to be serving more as blockers because they're, they just are not the same caliber of athletes with the ball in their hand that he is and all that. And yet it didn't happen. Objectively speaking, Clemson's linebackers, the best thing that they do is lateral movement, is what they do in coverage. So with that being the case, why would I put you at what you do best and let your defensive linemen do what they do best all in one? As a, When people call for Tim Beck's head, I'm not mad at that, simply because two reasons. Number one, fan is short for fanatic. Let's be honest. People get a little, a little rowdy sometimes, and that happens. But number two, I mean, objectively speaking, he's not that good at the job. We've had enough of the trick plays. We've had enough of the screens. Sometimes a conventional offense works. Sometimes you all did a good job in recruiting and you have really good players that can play conventional football, and we don't need a third-string running back attempting a running back pass. We can just yes. run. I was, li- yes. we can just- I was that close to interrupting you, being like, we have to talk about that. We can just say, hey, let's run a curl flats concept. Hey, let's run a mesh concept. Hey, let's run a mesh rail if we really want a, a back to be out of the backfield that bad. Let's run mesh rail, the old reliable. And that's it. Yep, yeah, yeah, we were talking about it tonight. Uh, I was talking about it with my dad. Uh, my issue or our issue with Beck was, you mean to tell me there was no matchup you saw with their secondary being so young that you could take advantage of? There was not a single receiver or tight end that you had that could. Especially when the cornerback got, got taken out for targeting in the first half, too. Right. So you mean to tell me there is no scheme or no player that you could come up with or isolate with to take advantage of that situation? Yep. That, that's what bothers me the most. Yep. And, and again, because like, again, it, I can't remember who which cornerback it was, but it, either way, whichever cornerback it was, when you get taken out for targeting, especially with a guy such as, let's say, you know, our be- our best outside receiver, Devin Carter, you know, why would you not take Devin Carter and put him all over that guy twice on Tuesday? And and that first drive, just just go at him and say this guy's coming cold off the bench. Let's go at him. Let's see what this. Let, let's see, you know, if this guy can can keep up with him from the from the get go. You know, so I, I completely agree. And especially yes, Demarcus Jones. How do you put the ball in Demarcus Jones' his hands in the red zone? In the red zone. And again, this guy's a sophomore. Again, I, you know, you know, he's still young. But at the end of the day, man, like. I think we all agree that when we saw that play develop, we said, just run the ball. Like, again, don't call. First of all, I wouldn't call that play, play anyway. But then the day that dude still decided to throw the ball, you know, when, when I think we all said that that was a terrible idea. Just take the yards. So, yeah, now I, I agree. And again, the screenplays, I don't know if they've really worked at all this season. Like, uh, you know, because I, I just think that screenplays wise, it just hasn't given us that that huge play, that huge pass, you know, that, that got us downfield. It's mostly been, you know, three, five yards at most, really, if not, if none at all. Go ahead, Ken. I know you want to add in. I, I'm All I'm going to say is this. I have never in my life heard anybody say, you know what we needed? More trick plays. I've never heard it. I've, I've never heard it. 
Uh, my my defensive coordinator from high school, uh, I love him to death, Coach Jermaine Crowell. He always said one thing about trick plays. If you run trick plays, it says two things. Number one, you're probably going to trick yourself. And number two, you don't believe that you could beat us straight up. You don't believe right. that you have what it takes. The running, again, what we know as a conventional offense to beat us straight up. And that's, it. it is, again, it's very disappointing when you see that the offense was moving and matriculating, doing the basic stuff. It is disappointing when you see that, like Ryan alluded to, all of these empty sets. Why? Why? We don't have, if we're going to go empty, go five wide, sure. Say, hey, we've got a linebacker on a receiver. This is a great matchup for us. Good. I like it. Why are we going five wide with Tootle and Karn Bay on the field? Why? What do you, what do you, what do you accomplish here? So, yeah. I was going to say, man, like I'm on a roll here with the offense. And, and, and another thing that bothers me, and I just wanted to, when you're talking about receivers, I don't like our receiver packages. You know, we have a big drive coming up, and you're basically running your twos at receiver. You don't have Thayer out there. You won't have Carter out there. And I, I just don't get it. They didn't play Gray at all. You know, he showed flashes. Right. They didn't play him at all until I think it was the very end. Took him off a kick. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, why are you so – you know, set on, on doing these receiver rotations, but you rotate them in on like necessary drives. Like I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. It just, yeah. but again, I, I said preseason wise that, you know, Keon Lassane is going to be a guy that is involved. And yesterday he was involved six catches for 37 yards. Uh, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily that he was productive, but he was involved, but a guy during preseason that, that, you know, was, 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 universally being talked about was Julian Gray and how impressive he was. And so to me, I understand that he's still young. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but at the end of the day, he is obviously a guy that made plays and obviously stood out. So why are we trying to find a way to get him involved? Just like we're finding ways to get Keon Lassane involved, you know? So, so I, I completely agree, you know, and, and cause really at the end of the day, for me, my biggest worry is that I truly feel that offensively, we are in a different boat now than we were last year and, and not, and not a better boat, not, not, not a boat that now has gold around it and diamonds around it. We're, in, we're, we're honestly, we went from, from a, from a steel boat to a wooden boat. Like I, right now, I mean, again, Devin Leary looks solid, but he's not that 35 and five quarterback that we saw last year, you know, and Thayer Thomas, dude, we are literally going to work. We, we are using him. And I, I, I really hope, you know, that this never happens, but man, we are, his uses is working towards an injury. Like we are using him like there is no tomorrow. And which, I mean, he's, he's great. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Thayer Thomas, but it scares the crap out of me that we are literally doing a slant route, you know, on third down. And basically we're telling Thayer, you're about to get popped, but we need you to catch the ball anyway. And cause man, if we lost Thayer Thomas, I don't know where we'd be right now, which is scary. Like that, that really is where my head's at with it. And that, that's another one of my problems with Beck and why I'm completely okay with people calling for his job because Thayer's not the only good receiver we have. He's not. He's not. Where was Anthony Smith? Where was Well, he was out of the game. Oh, he was out? Okay, I'm sorry. I did not know yeah, that he didn't good. dress up. My bad. But there are, yeah, you're good. again, there are, there are other guys that, regardless of what you think about Julian Gray, all of the screens that you're running to players who are not as athletic, who are not – 
the same type of guy in terms of when the ball gets in their hands, they're doing some freaking stuff that he yeah. he is capable of. Uh, <laughs> hello. Yeah. This is the guy. <laughs> the, you, you need yeah. a guy who you can run those plays with, who has potential to make them pop for bigger plays. Well, might I interest yeah. you in the one Julian Gray? This is this is the moment. <laughs> this is again. It's, it is. There is this game to me again in the full when you present the full context of everything that happened. It's a bad loss to me. But but for the CFP purposes, for the polling purposes, for the AP poll, coaches poll, media poll, all that, for those things, yeah, it's not a bad loss. It's just a loss. It's it's a really it's a good loss of anything because again, the game was not as close as the score indicates, number one. And number two, again, this is this is a top five loss on the road. Team has a thirty-six extended to thirty-seven game winning streak. It, it is not a bad loss, but again, when you consider that you had it, had them stopped and you yeah. run into the kicker, why are you even coming after that punt in that situation? Why? I, I, I yeah, agree. It's so. like if you're – it's fourth and four, why would you even take that risk? You know, fourth and seven, fourth and eight. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah. if you get that penalty, it's automatic first down. So it doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. Exactly. Yep. And, and their punter wasn't even – you know, punting at 50, 60 yards, he was getting like 30-yard punts the whole time. Yeah. So you're going to have to field position regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Let them get that kickoff. You take your field position, and you make something shake after that. There is no need to go for that in that situation. And then, and again, when you look at what the defense had done to that point, there you could tell there were some nerves and some jitters there in the beginning of the game. You could tell by a busted coverage, there is a difference between the team playing better than you and you acting uncharacteristic, out of character, you missing assignments. There is one thing. If, if DJ puts it 50 yards on a rope and Bo Collins snatches it off Pitt's head, you live with that. You live with that and you say, hey, the ball player made a ball play. You tip your cap, do it again. Great. But it's a different thing where you're leaving Ngata in the flat wide open because two guys are going with the route going inside. That's a different ballgame. That's a different thing. Yep. It's a different thing when you have the numbers advantage, five to three offensive line to defensive lineman, and yet not only is Clemson uh, creating pressure, they're creating immediate pressure. This isn't a coverage sack. This is straight off the ball. Boom. Henry's in, in uh, Henry is in Devin Leary's lap right away. It's there is, again, there are moments where you lose because they have the better players. Trust me, the, the, the game that I played against Clemson, when they had uh, Deshaun Watson and company, I can openly and honestly admit they were better than us. Man for man, we did not have what they had. They had something different. We live with that. We live with that. This was not the case in this game. Yep, I agree. So with that being said, again, we're going to have to take a time out there, uh, you know, to, to end this first part and start over to the second part. But uh, we'll definitely talk more in the second part. I do want to talk about the run game for sure. Uh, you know, talk about Jordan Houston, talk about Demi for sure. Uh, talk about the injuries and then again, kind of start to dive into FSU a little bit here. Um, but Ken, you know, I want to give a you know opportunity again, you know, definitely make sure if you're not already checking out Ken with the Lockdown Wolfpack podcast, make sure to check them out. Ken, where, where, where can they find you just on, on all on all major podcast apps? Am I correct? Yeah, all major uh, podcast apps at uh, Locked On Wolfpack. I'm on Twitter at LO underscore Wolfpack. Um, that's, you know, you can follow me on my personal Twitter, TGIF underscore Ken, but you're going to get Kenton the man, not the Wolfpack uh, sports analyst there. So just be aware of that. Yeah. 
And then, and then Ryan uh, from the IPS side, anything you want to plug in here as well? Yeah, we're just at Inside Pack Sport. I guess sports was taken, so no S there. And then <laughs> I'm just R. Williams underscore IPS. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Well, thank you all again for joining again from our side. Make sure again, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. So that way you're notified whenever we release any new NC State content, especially so that way you don't miss out whenever we release part two here of this of this conversation. And also, if you don't mind, give us a follow at Tuffy Talk now. And then if you're who if you're a huge NC State fan just like us, make sure to signify that by hitting that like button. But as always, we'll see you all for part two. As always, go back, y'all. <laughs>